Recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge, high atop the Fred Sloan Building in beautiful Midtown Portsmouth, Virginia. It's Phantasmo After Dark with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, Queen of Blood. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the old podcast here. Hey there, Phyllis. Hey, Rob. This is our first uh, podcast since Halloween, right after Halloween, actually. Indeed. Halloween was last night, wasn't it? Yes. Have you lost track of days? Well. Well, it was last night for the day we're recording yeah, this. Yeah, for when we're recording, it was last <laughs> night. For when you're listening to it, it was two days ago. <laughs> or maybe it's tomorrow, or I don't know. Everything it's like the twilight zone these days around here. It really is. Who knows? They could listen to this in the year twenty twenty three and it will be I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, hope everybody had a good Halloween. We had a real probably one of the most laid back Halloweens we have ever had. It was fun though. Yeah, we had a good day. time. Hanging out with some friends, watching some cool movies, playing a bunch of horror themed board games and eating way too much. Yeah, no kidding. Not that I'm complaining, I mean, you know. <laughs> it was fun. It was horror themed food. Yeah. And we still got a lot left over we'll be eating on all this week, so it was a good day. Indeed. Anyway, that all aside, you know, for the last few podcasts, I think, I've been, I, we've watched a movie and get on to start talking about it, and I say, you know, I don't know why, this is one I've been wanting to do for a long time. This isn't the case. <laughs> <laughs> this is not one we've ever wanted to do before. This is one, this Queen of Blood is one that I think I had heard about before. And it didn't register, you know, forgot about it or whatever. And when looking through the Roku channels for something different to watch for Halloween, you know, horror movie or a spooky film that we haven't seen yet, and came across this and the poster art was pretty cool. Yeah. So I was like, let's check this out. We look at it in the cast list. I'm like, okay, we're watching this. Yeah. The cast in this thing is... Crazy. Yeah. Basil Rathbone, Dennis Hopper, John Saxon. There's some other people, but... But those are the important yeah. ones. Oh, and Forey Ackerman has a has a small yeah. walk-on part a couple times in it. So that was cool, too. But, I mean, you know, Basil Rathbone, great. Dennis Hopper, okay. You know, John Saxon, I'm in. I'll watch anything John Saxon's done. Right. And this wasn't a disappointment. This movie's so weird. It's, well, you know, it's a science fiction film, but it's also kind of a horror film. Yeah. And Ridley Scott, well, the director of this film has said that he's pretty sure Ridley Scott had seen this film before he did Aliens, seen Queen of Blood, or it got partly inspired for Aliens by watching Queen of Blood. Really? What exactly? Yeah. Like the the laying the eggs at the end? Well, that the... and the alien presence on the ship, killing people off one by one, and with the intent of, you know, colonizing or taking over. Hmm. Earth by you know laying the eggs and and at first them not knowing what that's was what going the on. intent was yeah or yeah. The, not knowing the alien was doing that at first you know yeah yeah well uh, we've jumped right around why don't we give the basic plot line here it's uh okay go ahead <laughs> yay thanks <laughs> super basic plot line is this is I don't know sometime in the year or what it did they say 1993 no 1990 is when it takes 1990, place 1990 which the of course was the future of 1990 <laughs> yeah the far flung future and we have been exploring space there has been some kind of contact with extraterrestrial life and it's crashed 
So they send somebody out. Well, the idea is the contact was an alien presence contacted us and they're sending an ambassador to yeah. make first contact with Earth, basically. Right, right. With humanity. But along the way, their ship crashes on Mars. Yeah. So they send a team out to Mars to try and find out if there are survivors, if they can help in any way. They get there. And I don't, they can't find them, right? Well, they get there. They, oh, they do find To one. get there in time, yeah, it's something about to get there in time, they have to go, the ship has to go to one of Mars' moons. Yeah, there's weird timing and stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, they can only get that far and then they have a rescue ship that'll go the rest of the way or something like yeah. that. Anyway, they get there and they find the ship has crashed on uh, Phobos, one of Mars' moons, not yeah. actually on Mars. Right. And there's only one survivor. Yes. The... It's a, a female, or at least appears to be female from what we can tell. And she looks a whole lot like what would be the inspiration perhaps for Mars Attacks Aliens. Yeah, you can definitely tell that uh, Tim Burton saw this movie because the Mars Attacks, the chick in it with the big hair yeah. and, and kind of walks, glides everywhere and never says a word, yeah, but is deadly. It's this. It's this. It's it's this. This chick has big hair, not quite as big as yeah, the Mars attacks big. hair, and she's very pale, like a pale green, mm -hmm. and has bright eyes and never says a word. Yeah, but she moves kind of smooth usually. Yeah, and the helmet that they have when she's in a helmet is yeah. kind of that tall, rounded glass. Yeah. Not exactly like that, but but similar. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's you very. You see where uh, the inspiration came from. Yeah, at least I would assume so. I have not. Well, I have not yeah. researched that, but I can't see how it wouldn't have been. Well, as soon as she came on screen, that was my instant first thought. Yeah, I was like, Mars attacks. Yeah. Anyway, so they find her. They try to talk to her. She won't speak. They give her some water through a little sippy straw thing. She does drink it, but she doesn't appear to want to eat anything. So eventually, they assume that maybe she only can process liquid diet. Yeah. So eventually, it's it's sleep time. Everybody goes to sleep except one of the people, which is Dennis Hopper's character. And... Then you see this. I think she's supposed to be naked, but it's like a, a flesh colored yeah. body suit. Well, she has a she has a, a red. It's a, it's a red jumpsuit on, right? Red yeah. or orange. Anyway, yeah. she has a jumpsuit on. And then but when she is stalking Dennis Hopper after everybody's going to sleep, she doesn't have that on. You see just the solid color green. And it's kind of sparkly, sparkly. And but so is her makeup. So. We're assuming she's supposed to be naked, but they really don't try hard to hide the line of the, yeah. the leotard around her neck or at her wrists. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. We just debated on if she was supposed to be naked or not. But he, he kind of blinks hard as if he doesn't think he's really seeing her. So I guess she kind of hypnotizes him. Yeah, well, her he eyes start to glow. Yeah, he so. doesn't fight back. And then she grabs his wrist and begins to drain him of blood. And they wake up the next morning and Dennis Hopper's dead and she's laying there with blood dripping out of her, her mouth, sleeping contentedly. She's gorged herself with fresh blood. She's a monster. So they've determined that she drinks blood. She must have it to live. And they're going to start giving her plasma so she won't well, kill anybody else. Saxon isn't all about that. Saxon He's is like, not. Like, we got to get rid of her. She's killed him. It's a danger. But the lead the captain of the ship or the lead scientist on the ship is no we've got to bring her back and study her this is the one of the greatest scientific finds ever and, and he's blah, like blah, you're blah. crazy we need to tie her down and yeah. <laughs> make sure she doesn't hurt us we can give her the we have extra plasma in the first aid reserve so we'll we'll feed her on that we got a good supply of blood plasma with us we'll use that to feed her and if we run out of plasma commander he says well we'll have to 
We'll have to start donating. <laughs> yeah. You know, let me stop right there, okay? <laughs> I saw a post somewhere the other day on Facebook or something, and somebody was making a comment about the, the state of things nowadays, which I'm not really going to get into. Nope. But they said something about how, you know, in all the old movies, whenever the scientists say something and then the military doesn't pay attention to the scientists, bad things happen. Ah, ah, ah. They have not seen that many movies because in a, most of those old sci-fi movies, yeah, the military's not that bright in those movies. Some of them jump the gun, but it's always a scientist that comes creates the problem to begin with. All the <laughs> way back to Frankenstein. Well, that's true, the too. The scientist built Frankenstein because he wanted to create life. It went it went awry. Shall I we think say. there is there is blame to go the around. The atomic fifties movies. Yeah, <laughs> it's always some kind of scientist trying to trying to do some experiment, and he creates the monster. Yeah, and in this, the scientist is like, "We've got to study her. We've got to take her back." Okay, the whole crew gets slaughtered. Yep. Spoilers, except for Saxon and the chick, and Saxon almost gets it. Yeah. True. The, the greatest quote in it is the, the girl says, but they're scientists. They know what they're doing. I love it. <laughs> then the quirky thing, though, is during Just this... because you're a scientist doesn't mean you know what you're doing. No. Not everybody graduated at top of their class, you know. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to say, but we don't all get participation trophies when you're a scientist. At uh, least that's how I feel yeah. about it. <laughs> that's okay. Just anyway. Just saying. Um, so, but the quirky thing about this is yeah. she feeds on blood, yeah. but she has no interest in feeding on the female. Right. She's It's like she's intimidated by the female. She doesn't like the female at all. And why can I not remember the female's name? I don't know. But Astronaut something. This just popped into my head. Here's a thought. What? Because the idea is for her to, to lay eggs. Yeah. Maybe she colonize. needs something from the male's maybe blood. Maybe it's the male blood. Maybe it's not just feeding. Maybe it's, mm, it's that's a good thought. Colonization. <laughs> maybe you are right. That is they a really don't mention good that. I don't think, but maybe it's the ma- something in the male blood fertilizes whatever it is in her body that produces the eggs. Yeah, that maybe that's be. how they do it. Maybe so. You know. Yes. Yeah, so as we are jumping around here, you you have obviously taken or uh, yeah. gathered that she is not just feeding she's producing eggs or we as- yeah, we're calling we, them eggs yeah, we don't know that until the very end yeah, of the movie yeah so anyway yeah she she jumps john saxon at some point nearly kills him the lady saves her or saves john saxon and then ends up killing the queen, the of, blood. queen of blood but she doesn't intend to she just was trying to pull her off of him and she accidentally scratches her with her fingernails yeah she scratches literally the... it's just a scratch yeah. with like three or four of her nails across the back of her shoulder and then the queen of you know the alien queen runs away in the other room and when saxon comes about you know yeah and they go they go look for her. they find her laying there and she's bled out yeah but there's hardly any blood now her blood is green mm-hmm. and there's hardly any blood around her it's if she didn't have very much but it was low budget yeah well no but they they (laughs) say that she was a hemophiliac perhaps she was some sort of royalty where she came from so then they eventually land on earth and they find the next time they wake up that there are eggs hidden in different compartments all over the ship yeah all over the place and of course saxon wants to torch the place kill it with fire that's what i say yeah but no 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 Uh, the scientists must go and investigate yeah Says no, we must. This is the great find. We must study all of these, and well, you could just study one. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Interesting thing, though, they do they do point out earlier when she first gets on the ship, she kind of 
that queen, alien queen, smiles, you know, the different guys yeah. that talk to her. Yeah. But she doesn't smile at the female. She, she kind of sneers s- at her. Sneers at her. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, they want to take a blood sample from her to study and she won't let them do that. She starts freaking out when they yeah. come. So she knows that she can't bleed. Right. Right. Or she'll die. Now, that's the basic plot. For, that's super for basic. We we glanced over a whole lot. Like the very yeah. beginning, we didn't even go into. There's a whole thing at the beginning where they're all just kind of futzing around it. Like the, mm-hmm. the I don't know, whatever place they're working. Yeah, and, the space central. And the fact <laughs> that Saxon and the lady are, are, I think, engaged, perhaps. and Something like that, yeah. There's a whole scene where they end up on a rescue mission, Saxon and, uh, oh, what's the other guy's name? Joe. Joe something. That was Dennis Hopper, wasn't it? No, no, no. The other guy, they end up leaving on the the moon. Remember, he stays there by himself? Yeah. I think his name was Joe. Anyway, there's one scene where they, they go to try and rescue the other astronauts who are kind of stranded. And they have to land on the moon first. And then once they find the queen, they realize, well, our shuttle will only hold two people. One of us is going to have to stay here if we're taking this wonderful find back with us we have to leave one of us here yeah so they flip for it and joe ends up staying i think it's joe anyway so joe stays and then later there's this really dramatic scene where they're trying to get a hold of joe on the radio to let him know that somebody's going to be able to come and rescue him he just has to hold off on his rations for a week and he'll be able to live and they can't get him and they can't get him and then eventually he comes in he's like i was just getting soil samples trying to keep myself busy and but Joe makes it. But Joe, okay. well, we yeah. don't ever see Joe again. Yeah. But we assume he makes yeah. it because they were going to send somebody out to get him in a week. Well, anyway, he didn't so get the blood drained out of him anyway. But it's weird because there's like these little bits of pieces that they don't. There's no. They point never come in back it. to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's yeah. no point in having those things other than just character development or whatever. But you don't see him again, so why? Why bother? Yeah. I don't know. It's you know it's a neat little movie. It's got that that sixties you know aesthetic that we like mm-hmm. that's almost swinging 60s not as much because it is such a low budget film yeah some I mean, of the colors are pretty i don't know what's the word i want for that vivid i guess they're kind of muted it's kind of like a matte coloring yeah, or something yeah the costumes are right which is a neat feel yeah the you know the space force or whatever costumes are okay mm-hmm. they're kind of they're not over the top they're really you know laid back and quilted yeah quilted <laughs> <laughs> it's not like so far in the future, you know, super space fantasy costumes. Right. The budget of this thing. Okay. And this is this is a Corman picture. Yeah. All right. American International. Corman's name is not on it at all. Right. But it's American International. The reason his name isn't on it is because they filmed it with a non-union crew. Okay. And Corman had signed some contract somewhere to only do work union films. Ah. So his name isn't on it, but he had a hand in it. Hmm. And, of course, his company made it. Yeah. The budget for this thing is it varies between what I could find between $33,000 and $65,000. Wow. Now, why so so small? Because I they, know. Yeah. <laughs> because a lot of it they didn't have to film. Right. All of the, the outer space shots and all the effects shots and, like, the long shots at the, what, the UN or whatever – all of the effect shots were taken from two different Soviet films. I believe that, let's see, one of them was called Battle Beyond the Sun, and the other was A Dream Come True. Also, this was made back-to-back with Voyage to the Prehistoric Planet, okay, which also used footage from these two films. Oh, okay. So Cornwall's getting his money's worth. Yeah. 
the cool thing, the interesting thing, or the fun thing is when watching this is to is to see back and forth between the yeah pick between which scenes yeah what footage came yeah. from where I mean obviously the the footage with the main actors in it were not from that film yeah but there's a footage where uh, Basil Rathbone I think his character's name is Doctor Faraday is addressing this council or like the UN or something and the close-ups are him somewhere else and the long shots of course are have been pre-filmed yeah or from the other film that's <laughs> stuff like that always fascinates me it's like hey we've got this we've How got do this we footage. make it work what can we do with this footage let's write a story around this that we can use this footage in yeah. or write a story that w- that would have these scenes in it somewhere logically you yeah know? the director claims that uh 90 of the film is his uh, there's been other speculation that about 70% of it is. <laughs> you know, depending on how, if you want to do the math on it. <laughs> right, right. Stuff like this fascinates me. I love seeing films like this where it's like, like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And this one was not a disappointment. It was fun. Yeah. It, it moved along at a pretty good pace. It was never boring. No, no, it was interesting. You know, and like I said, I'll watch John Saxon sit there and read the phone book. I don't care. Yeah, it was it was really interesting to see. I enjoyed I enjoyed seeing Dennis Hopper at this age. I mean, I don't know young where Dennis he was. Hopper. Yeah, I mean, obviously very young Dennis Hopper. I don't know how his career had progressed well, to this point. This is before point. Easy Rider, right? Um, so I don't know what he had done prior to this, but it was it was cool to see him. Yeah, obviously. Saxon and Saxon, I love in anything. Yeah, Saxon was saying uh, in something I was reading that Basil Rathbone was a very distinguished gentleman, very proper, very professional. Said so Dennis Hopper was trying hard not to laugh the whole time <laughs> through the scenes. Yeah, because this wasn't his kind of movie. Yeah, you know, to be in. But so, how did he end up in it? Do we have any clue? He was buddies with I don't know if it was Corman. Or the director or something like that. Yeah. And he was kind of doing it because it was a job. Yeah. You know, and his buddy asked him to do it kind of thing. <laughs> and you can see, after we watched it, after I read that, because we watched this twice. We watched yeah, it a we couple weeks it ago. Mm-hmm. And then we watched it a couple days ago just to refresh to talk about it. And in between, I did some little research. And when I read that about Dennis Hopper, I was watching. You can see some of the scenes. He's kind of grinning. Yeah. Or like he's starting to grin and the camera pulls away over to Saxon or somebody. (laughs) (laughs) What did we watch this on? Was it Amazon Prime, I think, right? Yeah, it's on Prime. Yeah, I was checking. I don't know if it's available on Blu-ray or DVD. I'm going to consult the Oracle. You do that. It would be interesting to see it on. It is available on Blu-ray for nineteen ninety nine. Hmm. Well, maybe we should check into it. Yeah. I mean, although it was it was pretty clear. It's not like it was a bad quality. Oh no, it was sharp. Uh, and it was good. You know, but you never know. It has some special features. Interview with Corman and all that. Hmm. I'll have to look later. I'll look at the reviews and all later and see if it's actually a remastered copy or if they just pulled it from an old Whatever. DVD or old Blu-ray yeah. copy or something. But yeah, I can't say anything bad about the quality of what we watched. No, that was good. Yeah, we were trying to watch the other day. Getting in the mood for Halloween, I like to watch a lot of, uh, well, anything horror, but I like to watch trailers and documentaries on horror movies and things mm-hmm. like that. You're was, watching something on Elvira's. Yeah, it was something. this one thing on slasher movies of the 80s, and Elvira was supposed to be the host of this thing. I thought, okay, this might be fun. Mm-hmm. And I put it on, and it was, and this was from. Tubi or Amazon Prime or something. 
but it was so dark. It was horrible quality, and it wasn't, Elvira wasn't like hosting it. They would show long clips of these films, like half the film it felt like. Yep. And then she'd come and say something, and they'd go to another one. It was just, I can't remember what it was called, but the, it was so dark. I couldn't get through hardly any of it. I had yeah. to turn it off. Well, unfortunately, that's what happens with a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Even with some of them we've tried to watch, you know, we go to the settings on our TV and change all the quality, <laughs> yeah. the colors and brighten it. And, Trying to help it. Yeah, but some of them are just unwatchable. It's a shame. This was not the case with Queen of Blood, though. It was it was clean. The sound was good. The picture was good. You know, and it, it's always it's always a joy to come across another another film with somebody, an actor you like, like yeah. Saxon, because he's done so much. I know there's tons of stuff I haven't seen him in. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, there's tons of stuff I have seen him in. So seeing that he was in this, it's like it wasn't unexpected. It was just a pleasant surprise. Oh, hey, here's one I haven't seen yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I had never even heard of this. It, I mean, you said we just found it on Prime when we were searching for something to watch. Yeah. And I guess that is what happened. But I don't know. We stumble upon the strangest things that way. <laughs> well, that's the fun of it. I, you know, I love you, you get to a point where you think you've heard of every film out there. You know, especially from the eras that you like, like the 50s, the 60s, 70s, and the genre stuff. Like, okay, I, if I haven't seen it, I've at least heard of er just about every science fiction film or every horror film that's out there. And then one shows up like this, or there was something something not long ago we watched. And it's a joy, because, oh, cool, it's like, you know, a buried treasure, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but on the flip side... You also come across something oh, like, oh, God. I've never heard of this. And you read the description, it's like, this sounds like it's going to be so much fun. And then you've wasted two hours of your life, you'll never get back. Yeah, and then you watch it, and you keep watching it, because it's like, okay, this is horrible, but I've got this much invested in it. I've got to see how it ends. And what did we just watch, Rob? We watched this movie called Carnival of Blood, mm. that I've thought, okay, it takes place in a carnival, which you got me right there. And it, it was... Filmed in a, an actual old carnival. Yeah, like after hours or something. Yeah, like a little old amusement park that was kind of run down. And it was the early 70s. So two, you got me twice. Yep. Okay. And the description was this family, mom and dad and a daughter, take take jobs at a carnival. To, they're searching for their missing son. And I guess the last place they heard he was, was working at that carnival. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, kind of a thriller mystery, some horror in here. This is going to be kind of cool. Great era. And yeah. we started watching it, and it was the weirdest, most disjointed, made no sense piece of crap. And what a movie. wasted use of a carnival. Yeah, and and Hervé Villachez was in it. Right. So he shows up. We're like, okay, now, okay, now. Finally, it's going to yeah, get good. It's going to be cool now. No. No. It was just, it was awful. There's another one called... Blood Carnival, or, or or maybe it's called Carnival of Blood that something weird puts out with uh, Burt Young. That's what you'd expect. It was a low budget, takes place in a carnival, like on a pier, kind of the boardwalk. And it's not bad. It's just not great, but it, it makes sense. The whole thing, the story makes sense, and it moves along at a pace, and it's it's all right. This was such a disappointment. Disappointment doesn't begin to describe that <laughs> piece of crap. It was just a mess. I mean, things bounced around so much. Sometimes you didn't know if it was day or night. You've got this whole carnival. You think you're going to get some cool cool shots or something, and no. Yeah, it could have been 
filmed in an old warehouse a lot of times because yeah. you didn't see much of the carnival. And yeah, most of the crap that you see could have been shot on any stupid set anywhere. Yeah, and some of the scenes like, okay, is she dreaming or is it really happening? No, apparently it was really happening. Yeah, and the passage of time isn't clear either. No, it's it's just, yeah. I like to think of us as decently bright, intelligent people, <laughs> and that movie made no sense whatsoever. No. It was just dumb. I don't even think I can go in to try and begin to explain to you what was happening. Supposedly <laughs> there were, one guy was a vampire somehow, but he wasn't actually in charge. This other guy was in charge, and I guess he was a vampire, but I never saw him do anything. But his family were, were cannibals. That lived underground. That lived underground. Underneath the carnival, and they've never seen daylight. They've never seen daylight. But they also really act more like zombies, and they're constantly watching old silent films i don't know like yeah like phantom of the opera and cabinet of dr caligari and yeah i don't even understand the point of it it's weird anyway it's a nice visual there's yeah but i don't know anyway none of this makes any sense to me and i can't explain it to you to make any sense and there's really no point it's just <laughs> weird and wasted because the carnival could have been used so much better yeah they could have got a lot of nice visuals out of the carnival it's like they yeah. had a tunnel of love where you see that you see in. a family go in and you see an empty car come out, but, but you never see anything in the tunnel of love. Yeah, they could have really used some of that, you know. Nothing. Built in production value. Yeah. You know. Nothing. No. Nothing at all. The only time you see anybody on an actual ride, you see one guy get beheaded mysteriously. <laughs> we don't know how. On a roller coaster. Yeah. Uh you never see what beheads him. You just see he's driving along. On the roller coaster. And then uh, he like, what is he, screams? and His eyes get big and he grasps the handlebars in front of him and then his head falls off. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. But we you don't never know see why. what hits him or what does it. No, it's no weird. idea. And then later, later you see somebody sitting on the Ferris wheel, but I don't think you see it going around. Yeah. And there's the weird thing where the family, I forget what the daughter's name is, but the dad, I forget his name. The mother calls him by his first name. Frank, maybe? Yeah, and he calls her... Mrs. Norris. Mrs. Norris. Never calls her by her first name. Yeah. So it's weird. Very bizarre movie. I would not recommend it. Uh, <laughs> no, anyway. But then again, yes, I would. Because I always say... <laughs> you should watch it yourself. I always say, you watch watch the movie yourself, and you may draw your own conclusions. That's right. So what did we watch that on? Was that on Tubi? I think it was on Tubi, yeah. Carnival yeah. Of, it was like Maladesta's Carnival of Blood, or something like that. Is a piece of crap. But you know yeah. what? If you want to understand or not understand the insanity that was that film, you go right ahead. And maybe you'll make more sense of it than we did. <laughs> maybe we were not in the right mindset to understand that film. Oh, I think we were. <laughs> I don't know. Because I was geared for it. I was looking forward Rob to it. Rob was really excited carnival, to watch this. Good carnival horror film, one that I haven't seen yet. And that was just ugh, such a disappointment. It's very sad. Yeah. Anyway, we have... We have uh, completely jumped the track but queen of blood on the other <laughs> hand was not a disappointment there's your segue back queen of blood was not a disappointment it was actually really good it was not the visual style of it was nice you, like i said you can definitely tell by the sets and everything that it was it was really low budget but they did a lot with what they had with what little they had to work with yeah it didn't take me out of it the low budgetness of it it was yeah. actually a good solid film you had good solid actors in it yep you know that was that was a big plus and the script was all right. It was a, you know, it was a basic, like, 
uh, it the terror from beyond space or it the terror from outer space. I think it's beyond space, which is another one that they say Alien took a lot from, ah. a lot more from. It was that kind of plot where mm-hmm. the, you know they're stuck in a spaceship in space trying to get back to Earth, whatever, and there's this alien picking them off one by one. Right. Although this one, it's not nearly as suspenseful as you might imagine no not all because they find out early yeah you know what's what's happening happening, and Mm -hmm. they know it's happening and they're trying to keep her from doing it yeah but they're i will admit they are they're pretty stupid in a way because they make the decision to let one person stay awake they're like well if one of us stays awake then she won't she won't be able to hurt us but you know hopper was the one awake at the beginning and she obviously killed him but they're like making an assumption that he fell asleep on duty and that's how she killed him I don't she, know why you would make that assumption about anything. Him. Yeah. I would never make an assumption no. about anything when it comes to my life. But, you know, I would do, say no. They do tie her down. So they feel they that do. Was it, the first time they didn't tie her down. She's just relaxing in this chair. They only tied her down after the second <clears throat> kill. Yeah. So she's tied down and they mm-hmm. feel like, okay, we're good. We're okay now. She has some kind of power. She can, yeah, look at the ropes around her wrist and burn them off her wrists. Yes. And then she goes and hypnotizes the next guy and tries to drain his blood. Yeah. She had a cool look to her, you know, and her helmet, her space helmet was kind of cool. Yeah. It was pretty neat. Yeah. The makeup was pretty inconsistent on her hands and stuff. Like sometimes her (laughs) hands looked like they were gloved sort of and Mm -hmm. had like a green sheen or something, but sometimes they didn't. I mean, not that it matters. It's just weird things you notice. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing that made me think that she might be nude. Mm Mm-hmm. In this is the paperback. There was a novelization of this, mm-hmm. and the novelization of it, the artwork on the front is her, and she is nude. Oh, okay. And green, mm-hmm. and it resembles the actress in the face. Oh, okay. The artwork. So, so was it a novelization of the film, or did, was yeah. the book? Oh, so the movie was not yeah. based on the book. No, no. no oh, okay, no, no, no. gotcha. No, they they say it was the script was based on, I think one of these Soviet films loosely. Mm-hmm. That they, you know, took the took the, the stuff from footage, the from. special effects footage from. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure about that. Interesting. Now the digital version of the novel that's out just uses the movie poster art, I think. Hmm. But the actual paperback, if you can find that anywhere, yeah. Well, but, if you can find a picture of it, you can oh, yeah. post it. Oh, I'll definitely. Well, there's a picture of it online. I'll I'll definitely post as many pictures as I can, of course, on the Facebook page and the trailer. One of the trailers. I think there's a couple, actually. Mm-hmm. So we'll post that. And as a matter of fact, speaking of the Facebook page, drop us a line on the Facebook page. Let us know that you're uh, listening or you like the film or you don't like the film or what you thought of it overall. Or if you have any comments on what we're doing. I don't really have anything else to say about it. I mean, we can go on about different scenes and stuff. That it's It was just a... Yeah, Decent made one, little sci-fi film. Not, I liked yeah, it's it. It's not a whole lot to go into about this one, but it, it was one that it, it took me by surprise at how much I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get it out there for other people to see it, you know, that may have not seen it or heard of it. And this being the post-Halloween podcast, I want to keep it kind of in the horror vein a little bit. Mm-hmm. Of course, most of the stuff we do is in the horror vein. That seems to be what people enjoy more anyway, hearing us talk about it. Not saying that we're not going to do one about Smokey and the Bandit at some point. I don't know how you haven't done that one yet. <laughs> Clayton and I'll do that one. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, well, I guess we have one thing left to do. Yep. And that's proved that the world revolves.
around Planet of the Apes. Now, if you've listened to this before, you know how the game is played. Phyllis gives me somebody from the film we're talking about, and I connect them in a few steps back to Planet of the Apes. Kind of like, was it, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon game? Even though we came up with this, the Planet of the Apes game, many years before the Kevin Bacon game. Indeed. Well, so let's just go with Dennis Hopper for this one. Dennis Hopper. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dennis Hopper to Susan Sarandon in Witches of Eastwick. To Rocky Horror. Okay, so we'll just say Richard O'Brien from Rocky Horror. To Shock Treatment with Jessica Harper. To Phantom of Paradise with Paul Williams to Battle for the Planet of the Apes. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Well done. That was easy. Yeah, you know, a lot of times it is. Because the world revolves around Planet of the Apes. That's why. Indeed. go watch all the Planet of the Apes movies. The original movies. And go watch Queen of Blood. Yes, indeed. That's about all I got. How about you? That's it. All right, then. Till next time, everybody. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. Good night.